What's up? It's JJ with Goodies and Two Shoes, and thank you for tuning in to the Good Talk Podcast. If you don't already follow us on socials, on IG, follow us at Goodies and Two Shoes, YouTube at Goodies and Two Shoes, Twitter at Two underscore Goodies, and on TikTok, Goodies dot the letter N, the number two dot shoes. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. <laughs> I told y'all niggas uh, Phoenix was winning that damn series That's what I told y'all And y'all laughed at me Y'all said I was crazy Ain't no way in hell LeBron losing in the first round This and that Okay, that's cool At some point niggas gotta give me my respect, bro On God Let's talk about hard times Real bottom boy survivor Way before the jury The groovy hoes and designer Back when I was trying to find a way for all my partners Rima hit the window Pop the door for me and larger but I had some dedication, can use my education Cause no nine dollars can help me face what I was facing My light bill do, it went a little blue That mean you behind on payment And I was low on cash, fresh out of high school Kicked out the house for living fast When he got a spot, then got a job, it's popping on my ass Then that's when Pops had went to jail, so it didn't last Hit the block with Brock cause I was trying to pay my bills Like fuck a rap career, let's touch these streets and make a meal Fast forward like Raw Wave, tell me how you feel When I think about my past she give me chills Wake up in the morning Hit my knees And I pray Because he finally made a way I've been running up that Paper mama And before I let him come And take it mama Dying these Cuban links I'm gonna die in these Cuban links Thank you again Die in these Cuban links Not today <laughs> Let go I'm dying in these Cuban leaves. Yes, Lord. All my life has been a struggle. You on and fall off, you find out who really love you. Playing in the storm drain, came out the gutter. Hey, yo, check this out, too. That nigga Dame got to get out of Portland. I respect, you know, I respect him trying to be loyal, trying to do this and that with the fan base and shit. Listen, fuck that, Dame. Go get you a ring, nigga. It's, it's over with The experiment is done bro You've been there for Eight nine years now It's over with bro It's over When I went to jail Shout it left Turn on back on Flexing on the ass Pants Sad with the racks on Because he finally made a way Welcome to the Good Talk Podcast. Welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, man. I'm on some different energy today. I ain't gonna lie. I'm on some different energy. No cap. I'm on some different energy. A lot to get to. LeBron. First first round exit of his career. A first round exit that I told y'all was gonna happen. Due to the fact that LeBron James and Anthony Davis both weren't healthy. And you can go back and listen to, I don't even remember what episode it was, but I mean, if you follow us on Instagram, you subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's relatively easy to find. TikTok, whatever. It's easy to find. I said Suns in seven. I was off by one game. They got it done in six. And the main problem stemmed from LeBron and Anthony Davis not being healthy. Either way, anyway, we have that to get to. The inability, once again, of the Portland Trailblazers to get, get a job done in the playoffs. Brooklyn and Milwaukee game one. Philly and Atlanta game one. It was, it was a very eventful weekend. Very eventful weekend, so we have a lot to get to. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Let's jump right into it. Once again, welcome to the Good Talk Podcast. If you haven't already, follow us on socials. Instagram, goodies and two shoes. YouTube, goodies and two shoes. TikTok, goodies dot, the letter N, the number two dot shoes. Twitter, at two underscore goodies. Um, and definitely definitely follow us on socials because, like I said, this is where you can 
you can stay up to date on what we have going on, different YouTube series that we have going on, um, the clothing, if you want to purchase clothing from us, all of that different type stuff, man. So it's just, it's very ideal for you to follow Goodies and Two Shoes. That's so, just so, excuse me, um, you're, you're staying in tune with what we have going on because it is a lot of movement. We have a lot of movement going on right now. So the podcast really is just one of the many things that we have going on. So like I said, connect with us on socials and I guarantee, I guarantee that you won't regret it. I guarantee you that. So yeah, I'm your host JJ, of course, as always tuning in here to cover some playoff basketball, man. This is our playoff weekend review week three. And let's let's just get right into it. Let's get right into it. And where we're gonna start is with me telling y'all from the very beginning that the Los Angeles Lakers were going home. As a matter of fact, here you go. If you don't believe me, I have something for you. And guess who they get to see? I'm sure, y'all already know. I already said it. They get to see Phoenix. And that and that's I don't I really don't believe that's what they want. That's not that's not that's not a matchup that you want an un, a unhealthy LeBron and an unhealthy AD participating in. Like real shit. I genuinely genuinely believe that. I think that I think that that's gonna be a problem, really. Like, I think that the Lakers season really might be coming to a close. But they seem like they're point shaping. Like, they're they not even trying to win. And then I thought about it. I said, oh, shit. Them niggas don't want to see Phoenix, huh? Very interesting. Suns and seven. And guess But when I said that, y'all thought I was crazy, right? Y'all thought I was tripping, right? Because LeBron had never lost in the first round. By the way, that was recorded just one day after the Lakers won their playing game against the Warriors, a game in which I did not believe they wanted to win. And I stated that in that video. If you want to go back and listen to that, that episode and that whole rant that I went on, so just so I can give you, like, just so you can give context, just to, obviously that was clipped, right? Just to give you context, when I went into detail on why the LA Lakers would not win this series and why the Phoenix Suns are a better basketball team than the LA Lakers were this season. Episode four. What the fuck did I just watch? That's the title of the episode. Go listen to it. Go listen to it for yourself. If you believe that I'm capping, if you believe whatever, go listen to it for your listen to it for yourself. I told y'all they, they just simply didn't have have enough to get it done, bro. They didn't. And that's why I said a day after the playing game that I didn't believe they wanted to win that game against Golden State. I really don't. I really don't because the effort wasn't there. You know, I went into detail, like I said. Just go listen to episode four. Long story short, I was right. And at this point, I'm going to let my nuts drag and let y'all niggas know that I'm nothing to play with when it comes to this shit. For real, for real. I just don't say shit. I don't say shit without having a reason why I'm saying what I'm saying. A lot of niggas do. A lot of niggas do. So I understand like because, you know, mentally niggas are conditioned to believe uh, he's just saying that. Just saying that for shock value. Just saying this, uh, saying this and that for clickbait. Whatever may have you. No, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. I told y'all. They couldn't get it done. What happened? They couldn't get it done. I said, quote, I don't believe this is a series that you want an unhealthy LeBron and an unhealthy AD participating in. End quote. And ultimately, what happened? What happened? Sit there and think about it. And then at the end of the clip, I said, Sons and seven. Excuse me. Check that. Sons and six. Cause I gave the I gave the Lakers support and cla- support and class. Excuse me. Support and cast a little too much credit when I said Sons and seven. 
Because what an atrocity from them My God And here we are Now let's just We, we can go through a couple of things 113 to 100 Phoenix against LA This was game 6 The closeout game 47 11 and 3 from D book and I and I said that as well in episode 7 or 8 I believe once Anthony Davis wasn't healthy and he missed uh I think it was game 5 before game 5 I told y'all that Devin Booker hadn't played good the whole series yet and still the Suns were in control of of, of that particular series or was tied, whatever it was. It may have, may have been 2-2 at that point, going into game five. And I said, bro, listen, the Suns are tied right now with the Lakers 2-2, and Devin Booker has not played his best brand of basketball. And I said, once they announced that Anthony Davis was not playing game five, I said, oh, this is the problem. Because Devin Booker now is going to feel as though he can do whatever the fuck he wants to do on the basketball court. And guess what happened? Game five, a win, 30-point win from Phoenix. Devin Booker had 37-5. and five. And in the closeout game this past Thursday, game six, 47-11-3 from Devin Booker. I also stated the fact that Jay Crowder was going to be the X factor in this series. This was before game one even happened. I said Jay Crowder is going to be the X, the X factor in this series for the Phoenix Suns. If they want to be successful, Jay Crowder is going to have to play to the best of his ability. And what did he do? At times throughout the series, it seemed as though Jay Crowder was too much for LeBron James to handle. Offensively and defensively. So right now, it's just a, a, a feeling of ecstasy for me. Just because I know the DMs that I was getting, I know the conversations that I had off the record. I know, like, you know what I'm saying? I know, I know everything. I know what niggas were saying. How niggas try to discredit me, et cetera, et cetera. And it's it's just a great feeling to sit back and just watch as people have to eat their words. Like I said, 47, 11, and 3 from D-Book. Jay Crowder, 6 of 9 from the three-point land with 18 points and 8 rebounds. Chris Paul played 29 minutes, 8, 2, and 12. And he hit, he hit, honestly, the last five or six minutes, it wasn't even necessarily the shots that he hit, but Chris Paul took over this game, the last six, uh, five or six minutes of this basketball game. Because the Lakers made a push. Don't get me wrong. I believe they were down 23, 24, something like that. Upwards of 20 points. The Lakers made a push. It seemed like LeBron James was catching his stride just a little bit. You know, We hadn't seen that really throughout this whole series. We didn't see LeBron in attack mode, which is something we're going to cover in just a couple seconds too. But Chris Paul took over this basketball game. And popped his shit while he did it. Nigga said, "You better, y- y'all better go ask about me. Ask about me. You saw what y'all saw. It. Y'all saw it. And he, like I said, he took over the game. And this is what separates the Phoenix Suns from the rest of the rest of the Western Conference at this very moment. The leadership and ability to execute down the stretch, due to the fact that they have Chris Paul." That's what separates them. That's why the Phoenix Suns are coming out of the Western Conference. And really, potentially, might win the NBA championship. Because last week I was saying, you know, whoever wins the Milwaukee and Brooklyn series is going to be the champion. And I was I was saying that very definitively. But now, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I got to see a little bit more. I got to see a little bit more. Especially with the fact that James Harden, we don't know if he, we don't, we don't know what's going on with James Harden. 
And yes, I know, you know, Brooklyn won that game by however many, 15, 8, 16, 17, whatever. I know that Brooklyn won that game still without without James Harden. But let me tell you something. Phoenix is not Milwaukee. They're not built the same at all. But let me let me stay on track. Let me stay on track. Let's see what the 29 9 and 7 from LeBron on 11 to 26 shooting. 30% from 3 at 3 of 10, which is very, very pedestrian. And at times, I mean, LeBron James, this game just looked exhausted. Really. He just looked exhausted, man. He just looked exhausted. And this was my first time ever, really, in LeBron's career. Seeing LeBron James be old or getting the sense that his body was feeling old or feeling as though he just couldn't get the job done anymore. This was the first time ever in his career that that I've ever felt that way. And it's sad. I mean, it's very sad. But you know what? I have a clip for that too. I have a clip for everything. I have a clip for everything. I just want y'all to know, this is the type of energy I'm on today. This is the type of energy I'm on today. I have a clip for that too. Don't even worry about it. Return to the... LeBron James returned to the LA Lakers lineup April 30th after missing 22 games. And since then, he has missed eight out of the last nine. James stated two weeks ago that he would never return back to 100% health. And with his current absence looming large over the Lakers organization, it seems as though he could have been telling the truth. A point could be made, however, that LeBron James is embracing the relatively new wave in the league and implementing the load management master plan, potentially acknowledging the inevitability of the Lakers having to be a part of the NBA's recently added play-in tournament. Regardless of the method behind the madness, one thing will remain true. Father Tom will continue to be undefeated. To even mention the ever-looming aura of such a thing in the same sentence as the chosen one has for nearly two decades seemed unthinkable. But as the days pass and the minutes continue to increase on his body, it seems more and more apparent that the King James era of the NBA is slowly dwindling away. Welcome to the Good Talk Podcast. I'm telling y'all, bro, listen to me when I speak. Listen to me when I speak. Because I know y'all, I know y'all think that I'm crazy when I talk about this shit. Listen to me when I speak. Because if it wasn't apparent that the King James era of the NBA is over. Last Thursday night against the Phoenix Suns. I don't know when it will be more evident. I don't know when it will be more apparent. And what an era it was. 18 years of pure dominance. There will be, in my estimation, Major changes with the Los Angeles Lakers this offseason. Because yes, yes, we'll sit here and talk about LeBron James because like I stated two weeks ago, he is the narrative because he's LeBron James. But the supporting cast that he had around him this season gave him shit. And this is something that I, I'm pissed off that I didn't touch on the other day when we covered uh, when we uh, Thursday when we covered Game Five of this series. I'm pissed off. But listen to this: 0 of nine from Dennis Schroeder with zero points. 0 of one from KCP that played 15 minutes with zero points. Four points from Moore, uh, Morris Twin. Five points from Caruso. Five points from Wesley Matthews. Terrible. 
Terrible. And it was much of the same Thursday night. Zero point from Mark Gasol. Two points from Kyle Kuzma. Two points from Caruso. Like, bro, like, two points from Mark, uh, from, from, uh, Trez. Just terrible. So, I mean, if I know anything about LeBron James when it comes to shit like this, them niggas is gone. We all know that. <laughs> them niggas is gone. They might as well go ahead and start packing their shit up, packing their house up, doing whatever they want to do, list that shit on the market, go ahead and get ready to be gone because they, they gone. They just as good as gone, bro. I, I don't know what the future holds for the LA Lakers. I don't know if, you know. Now I will say, as I'm as I'm ranting or whatever may have you, if that's what you want to consider it, I will say the Los Angeles Lakers did win the NBA Finals seven days ago. Excuse me, check that seven months ago, and they did only have about seventy one seventy two days of rest after they won that NBA championship. So maybe that can play a factor because we saw on the, on the Eastern side of things that the Miami Heat exited in the first round as well. So maybe that, maybe that played a role. Maybe. But I can tell you one thing. It does not look good. It does not look good. I don't know what to expect from the LA Lakers. I don't know what to expect next year with LeBron James. I mean, shit, even in his press conference, he was talking about damn Space Jam, you know. So we know this this summer is going to be dedicated, you know, solely to that for him. Because he already, I mean, shit, he told us. <laughs> he told us after the game. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to focus on Space Jam. I'm going to focus on playing the Monstars, et cetera, et cetera. Really some soft-ass shit, honestly, if I'm being honest with you. But at this point in, in, in LeBron James' career, I just feel like, you know, it, it, it's just, it may just be over with. It may be over with. Now, I do feel as though LeBron will play at a great level next year. But he'll never be as dominant as he was in years prior. That's what I believe. And I feel as though Tom will be um, on my side in that belief as far as it being out in the open to you all because I know there's still a lot of people out there that believe I'm tripping and that believe, you know, it is the fact that he had uh, minimal rest. It is the fact that he wasn't healthy, et cetera, et cetera. It, was, it is the fact that Anthony Davis wasn't healthy and wasn't able to go for game five and six. Check that. He was able to go for game six, supposedly. I think he made it, what, one, two, three trips max? Oh, and by the way, I said that too. And y'all were lucky I don't have a clip for that shit. Because I said, to be quite honest with you, I don't know how beneficial it is for Anthony Davis to be on the court for the LA Lakers in game six. Because I feel as though if he is playing, he's it, it, it's him rushing back. And once again, another thing that I was right about in this series. But with all that being said, the Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns showed me a lot. The Phoenix Suns showed me that they're not going to back down from anybody this whole playoffs. Nobody. I mean, you had them. Jay Crowder, Salsa, doing the Salsa in the middle of the damn court, got ejected for that. Staring at LeBron. Y'all know the little LeBron commercial when he he's doing the little salsa shit. Like he on vacation or something. Jay Crowder, he doing the salsa. D-Book talking shit to whoever, whoever felt like they wanted to open their mouth to D-Book. He was talking shit to him. Chris Paul letting his nuts drag. I mean, this team showed me that they some dogs, bro. This team showed me that they some dogs this, this, this playoff series. And I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see. How far they're able to take this. God honest truth. Game one tonight with the Phoenix Suns and Denver Nuggets. 
And this is another reason why y'all should, should go ahead and follow the Instagram account because I, I've made my predictions. But we'll we'll take it one series at a time. Sons and five. Sons and five. Sons and five. Let's move on. I just took a little break um, right then. But guess what? I have another clip for y'all. This was prior to game five. So this injury to Anthony Davis, man, I mean, this this injury is is huge. And I don't think that I'm telling y'all anything that y'all don't already know and believe to be true in y'all's heart. I don't even, I really don't even want to give a prediction about tonight, but I do feel like this is when the Phoenix Suns take control of this series. So this injury to Anthony Davis, yeah, that was five days ago. Playoff weekend review two, episode seven. But I'm done. I'm done. Let's move on. Let's move on. I just, I, I just had to come in here today and let y'all know that I'm really on that shit. But let's move on. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done ranting for the day. <laughs> I'm done ranting for the day, bro. I'm off y'all's neck. I'm done ranting for the day. All I want is my credit and my respect. Simple as that. On to the Nuggets and Trailblazers. The Nuggets close that series out with four, uh, a four to two victory. We're able to win that in six games. Let's take a quick look at the game Friday night. Check that Thursday night. 36, 8, and 6 from Jokic on 13 and 22 shooting. Michael Porter with an absolutely stellar performance in the first quarter. I believe he put up either 21 or 22 points in that first. He ended the game with 26, 5, and 4 on 10 of 19 shooting. 6 of 12 from 3. Aaron Gordon also added 13 points. Monte Morris. Added 22, 4, and 9 off the bench. And, and what a series he had, man. Another one of those young guys, a part of that Denver Nuggets core that, you know, has, has accepted the, the task of being an elite basketball team without their, their star point guard. And Denver really just continues to surprise me. I must be honest. I had Portland winning this series in six just because I, belo- I, I thought that Portland had too much for Denver when in turn it was the other way around. God honest truth. I mean, what I'll say is the two best players for the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. The last two games of the series played as though they were the two best players on the court. With the exception of the performance from Damian Lillard in Game 5. And that's what you need. I mean, that's what you need when you have a major injury like the one that you had to Jamal Murray. Let's take a look at the other side of things. 28-4-13 and 13 from Dame. Another sellout performance from CJ McCollum. 21-4-3. On just 9 of 21 for shooting. Norman Powell with 17, 4, and 2. Melo with 14, 5, and 4 off the bench on 5 of 9 shooting. The thing with Damian Lillard is in, in game 6, like I said, he had 28, 4, and 13. And to anybody else, that's really, a, you know, that's a great game. Came on just 8 of 20. Shooting from the field, three of eleven from three, three of eleven from three. Excuse me. And really, just I mean, it was just like it just, it just seemed like it was just fatigue. It was a fatigue fatigue factor. To me, it was very important. It was very imperative, really, that the Trailblazers win Game Five, and they weren't able to get that done after the fifty-five point performance from Damian Lillard. Due to the fact of his teammates 
not being able to get the job done. AKA teammates, I'm referring to Norman Powell and CJ McCollum. Because they they provided him with no help at all. And this is why I say now, like I said, Denver was able to win that game against Portland 126-115. This is why I say now that Damian Lillard has to go. He has to go, man. We can't keep seeing this. We can't we 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 can't we can't continue to see Dame talent to be wasted on another occasion. We just can't we can't afford to see that. Because Dame really, in my opinion, is a generational talent. He is. And then this report came out, I want to say a day or two after the Portland Trailblazers were eliminated. After a fourth first round playoff exit in five seasons, the Portland Trailblazers and coach Terry Stotts mutually agreed to part ways on Friday. So a day after they were bounced. Candidates for the job include Clippers assistant Chauncey Billups, Jeff Van Gundy, and Mike D'Antoni, as well as Jawan Howard. Um, Damian Lillard came out and said that that Jason Kidd is his guy. He wants Jason Kidd very bad. Um, If you heard the names that I said, Jeff Van Gundy, Mike D'Antoni, Jawan Howard, and Chauncey Billups. Jason Kidd is not on that list. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I What I do know, what I do know is it's time for Damian Lillard to be gone. It's time for Damian Lillard to be gone. And I feel as though... Um, I think that Dame is slowly but surely recognizing that. I do. Um, Being reported by Shams, several NBA teams are monitoring the future of Damian Lillard in Portland to make trade offers. It was, I forget what it was. was. I think it was an Instagram post where you know, Dame Lillard. I think he quoted Nip or something like that. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see. Yeah, here it is. Quote, how long should I stay dedicated? How long till opportunity meets preparation? End quote. Now, of course, you know, the media has to speculate. I think that was a shot. At the Portland Trailblazers. And I think that I I do believe that Damian Lillard's time in Portland is coming to an end because I think that it's becoming more apparent and evident to him that he will not get the ultimate prize in basketball should he stay a Trailblazer. I think we all know that at this point because, you know, there's no opportunity for him to gain another superstar Teammate CJ McCollum obviously can't get the job done And we saw that this year In games 5 and 6 Where he played like absolute shit We saw that So with those things being taken into account And then you look at the level of play That Damian Lillard has been playing at For at the very least The last 3 seasons And you see that it's constantly resulted in them getting no further than the, the semis, the Western Conference semifinals. You couple all of those things together, and I think you have a recipe and an equation for Damian Lillard to leave the Portland Trailblazers organization. And I must admit, it's time for him to go. It is. It's just that simple. It's time for him to go. Moving on. Um, on Friday, we had Clippers and Mavs game six. Phenomenal game. 
we'll just do a quick rundown on this and then we'll touch on game seven from yesterday just a tad bit. 29, 8, and 11 from Luca on 11 to 24 shooting, 2 of 9 from the 3. Tim Hardaway, Jr., 23-1. Uh, that's really all to note on that. No, you know what? Kristaps Porzingis is something else to note because he gave Luca no help this series. I blame this series lost on, on Kristaps Porzingis. I do. 7-5 and 3 from uh 7-5 and 3 on 3 of 7 from the field, 1 of 3 from the 3. He was nowhere to be found this whole series and Luka was left by himself. Luka was left by himself. Um in that particular game, the LA Clippers did a phenomenal job on Luka defensively, sending numerous bodies at him, getting very physical, you know. Double teaming all the things that I that I called Ty Lu out for last week. Everything I called him out for last week, he switched up and he did what I said they needed to do. So, you know. Congratulations to Ty Lu, I guess. Congratulations to the LA Clippers for getting it getting the job done. Um Honestly, congratulations, and, you know, I don't even know what what other word I'm looking for, but just congratulations to the L.A. Clippers organization because had they not won the game yesterday, and I'm, I'm, I'm jumping forward here a little bit, but had they not won game seven yesterday, I already told y'all what my feelings were on that. So congratulations to them because – their organization was going back to be the bottom feeders of the of the NBA should they have lost that game yesterday. But we'll go back to game six. Like I said, that game happened on Friday. Um, 2013-6 from Paul George. Again, Paul George, it, he, had it not been for Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers wouldn't have won game six or game seven. Because Paul George, he just... <sighs> I know I'm I know I'm so tough on that nigga, bro. But at this point, I don't even care. Because it's just like, bro, what the fuck? Kawhi Leonard does the impossible again. <laughs> 18, 18 of 25 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3, 45.6 rebounds, 3 assists. And he just put the whole he put the whole organization on his back. He put a whole organization on his back. Reggie, a huge game for Reggie Jackson, game six as well. 25-9-4, shot above 50%. And in this particular game, the LA Clippers really got shit from their bench. Four total points from their bench. Zero from Terrence Mann, zero from Rondo. Two from Luke Kennard, and two from Zubat. So they advanced, and then we go to the game last night on Sunday. They were able to close the Mavericks out 126 to 111. Luka Doncic with a beautiful performance in the first three quarters, I'll say. 46.7 rebounds, four assists, 17 and 30 from the field. Perzingis finally, you know, contributed a little bit, but it was the bare minimum. 16 and 11 from him on 50% shooting, just took, only took 12 shot attempts. Which I don't know how that happens if you're if you're supposed to be number two for your basketball team on uh, from an offensive standpoint. If Kristaps Porzingis is the number two, there's no way in hell he should only be taking twelve shots. And you got Hardaway and Finney Smith taking more shot attempts to him. Fourteen for Hardaway, thirteen for uh, Finney Smith, and those guys ended with eleven and eighteen. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought that I think that what I will say, this was a this was a blown and missed opportunity for the Dallas Mavericks. Again, shout out to the to the LA Clippers. Let me go through their stats real quick from that game seven yesterday. Twenty three uh, excuse me, twenty two six and ten from Paul George. Once again he shot piss poor. Thirty three percent from the field, twenty five percent from three. You know, so and so had 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 this game gone another way, 
you know, and had the Dallas Mavericks found a way to win this game, I would have been in here shitting on Paul George once again. I'm not going to lie. So the only reason why really he's getting a break from me is because, you know, they were able to win the game. And that was pretty much predicated on the performance of Kawhi Leonard. 28-10-9 from him. Ten of fifteen from the field, one of three from three. Twenty-three, five and two from twin. Thirteen from Terrence Mann off the bench, eleven from Luke Kennard off the bench, three from Rondo. So yeah, I mean, shout out to the Clippers. Shout out to the Clippers. They get a tough draw with Denver. And I do have I have Denver winning that series in I have Denver winning that that series in six games. Excuse me, they don't have Denver. They have U, the Utah Jazz. I apologize. I have Utah winning that in six games. I apologize. Jazz versus Clippers. I have that advantage Jazz in six games. Yeah. And I made that I made that um I made that prediction before I even knew who was coming out of that series. I had the Jazz winning in six regardless, whether it had been the Mavs or the Clippers. And I think that I think that Rudy Gobert is gonna end up being a problem. I think that he'll be the X factor for this next series. I do. I have Utah in six. <clears throat> All right, let's see. Moving on to Saturday. There was only one game. Um, Milwaukee and, and Brooklyn And the, the final was much closer Than the actual game was 115 to 107 um, The biggest story in this game for me Was The injury to James Harden Played 43 seconds of the game You know And it just seemed like off rip He just knew something wasn't right he just knew something wasn't right after those 43 seconds. Went straight back to the locker room. Didn't stop on the bench or anything. It seemed as though it was his hamstring, right hamstring that's been giving him issues throughout the season. Um, and initially, nobody knew what was going on. I mean, he just walked off the court, just went straight to the back because it didn't seem as though, you know, from the broadcast that he was hampered or hindering in any way. But then they showed a replay, you know, and saw that something something happened, and it was with his it was dealing with his hamstring. So that's really the biggest the biggest story to me. And really, just to stay on that injury, this really has been my biggest fear as it pertains to the Brooklyn Nets and their push to make it to the NBA Finals. This has been my biggest fear. Because y'all know that I have the Nets like going through the Eastern Conference. Really, I had them initially pre-NBA pre, pre tip-off back in October and November, whenever the season started, when they formulated that roster, you know, I had the Nets sweeping through the East. Four games, four games, four games. Obviously, you know, things happen. So now I'm able to sit back and reassess, obviously. But I still had the, the Brooklyn Nets dominating the Eastern Conference. Um, and with Harden going down, I mean, that 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 kind of... I wouldn't necessarily say it changes much as far as me believing that the Brooklyn Nets will make it to the NBA Finals. But in the fashion they do it, that changes a tad bit for me. It does. And like I said, this has been what I was fearful for and fearful about with the Brooklyn Nets from the very jump. The inability of their three superstars to stay healthy for one, and then the chemistry when they were healthy on the court, the chemistry that they had. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Big blow. Big blow to the Brooklyn Nets in game one. Um... Again, they were able to pull pull out that win. They were able to pull out that win. 
25 from Kyrie Irving, 25, 5, and 8 from him, 11 to 26 from the field, 29, 10, and 3 from Kevin Durant. So those guys stepped up big and did what their team needed them to do. Blake Griffin ultimately was the reason, in my opinion, that the Brooklyn Nets won this basketball game. 18, 14, and 3 from Blake Griffin on 7 to 13 shooting. 4 of 9 from 3. And Blake really was just a spark. I mean, when Harden went down, you know, the the the, the energy in the building was down. Had a very gloomy feeling to it. And Blake Griffin was just a spark. I mean, loose balls on the, on, on the floor. He's the first one to hit the floor. Rebounding at a high level. Just energy. Just huge energy. Doing his job defensively. Fighting with guys. You know, he was a spark that they needed him to be. This is why they bought, brought Blake Griffin into this. Into this, onto this basketball team. This is the reason they brought him in. And he showed that game one. Now, the key with that is, will he be able to maintain that? Because we do not know how long James Harden is going to be out. We don't know how long his absence will be. We don't even know if he will return this season. So, let's see. Let's just take a look. Yeah, I mean, no, no. Excuse me. No reports about the length or duration of this injury. Shams did report yesterday that James Harden is out for game two. Game two that is happening tonight. I want to say at 7.30 or 8. So yes, excuse me, 7.30 on TNT. Bucks next game two. James Harden will not be a part of that game. Um, so, like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see if Blake Griffin is able to keep that up because that he is Blake Griffin is my X factor for the Brooklyn Nets. With James Harden going down and them not having you know them not having a big three or whatever, he is the X factor for them at this point. Again, an eight point win for Brooklyn. Um. Look at some stats here for the Milwaukee Bucks in that game. 17-9-6 from Drew Holiday. 13-13-4 from Chris Middleton. He played absolutely atrocious to me. And this is why I've always been very, relatively hesitant about giving Chris Middleton that superstar tag. The superstar tag that I felt was placed on him after the Milwaukee Bucks gave him a max contract. 6-23 of 23 from the field. In an eight-point loss. That just simply can't happen. Like I said, this game was much more of a dominating performance from Brooklyn than the, than the final score shows, right? But at the same time, you need something from your quote-unquote superstar or your quote-unquote um, star. He has to be better. Giannis Antetokounmpo with 34-11-4 on 16-24 and 24 shooting, 2-5 of five from 3. Brooke Lopez, 19-5-1. On 8 of 11 shooting And he's my X factor for the Milwaukee Bucks Him and P.J. Tucker Because P.J. Tucker has drawn the assignment To guard Kevin Durant So that's why he's my X factor He's going to play a huge role In his in, in, in Seeing If the Milwaukee Bucks will be able to Contain Kevin Durant Because you can't stop him He's unstoppable but P.J. Tucker is going to be playing a big role in this series. Huge role. And then Brooke Lopez, dominating performance from him on the interior. So we'll see. Um, 107 to 115. No James Harden tonight for game two. But this game, I mean, it was extremely fast-paced, high energy. It was close, I want to say, throughout the first half or so. Or maybe the first quarter, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time uh, remembering what the score was at the end. Let's see if I can find it here. Yeah. I mean, I think it was like a three or four point game going into halftime. So, you know, great energy there. Then the Nets were up by. I want to say 15 or 16 at the end of the third. 
Then after that, it was wraps. The Bucks tried to make a push. You know, they cut it within eight. And that's ultimately where it landed. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah, it. Game one really didn't tell me much. Game one really didn't tell me much in this series. Game one really just determined who the X factors of this series is going to be. I do have the Brooklyn Nets winning this series in seven games. I think this series will go seven games. I think that we have two uh, very good coaches. I think there will be a lot of adjustments. I think there will be a lot of changes throughout this series. The status of James Harden is still like up in the air. So we don't know what's going to happen with that after tonight. So yeah, this is it. I have the Nets in seven. I believe this series is going seven games. I would not be surprised if Milwaukee won this series. I wouldn't be. I don't think it's gonna going any less than seven games if Milwaukee does find out find a win to way. Oh my god, I just screwed that up. My apologies. If Milwaukee does find a way to win, I don't believe that it'll go less than seven games if they find a way to win this NBA series. Now, Brooklyn, on the other hand, I could definitely see them winning this series in five or six games. I don't believe they I don't believe that we're getting a sweep. But I could see Brooklyn winning this series in five, five or six games. But for my prediction, I'll say Brooklyn in seven because I think that both of these teams are relatively evenly matched when it comes to guys that aren't at the top. So if you take if you take Giannis, Kevin Durant, and Harden, uh, excuse me, Giannis. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving away. If you take those three guys away, I think that this t- these two teams are relatively evenly matched. Um, and I would almost say, I would almost go as far as to say the Milwaukee Bucks supporting cast around their two stars and Chris Middleton and, and, uh, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, I would almost say that their team is just slightly a little bit better than the Brooklyn Nets from a depth perspective. And a supporting cast. But like I said, we'll see how it goes. Um, Brooklyn is seven. Brooklyn is seven. Let's move on. Last but certainly not least, Atlanta versus Philly. Um, Atlanta was able to take a 1-0 lead and still home court, home court advantage early from Philadelphia. 128 to 124 again was that score. 35-2 and 10 from Trey Young. 21-4-5 from Bogdanovich. Um, 21-4-2 from John Collins on 7-9 shooting. He had a great game. Um, Herder with 15 off the bench, 6-9 of nine from the field, 3-6 of six from, from 3. Um, and then for the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid with 39-9-4. And I actually was very surprised to see him play at such an elite level with the injury that they said he had. Um, I was actually even surprised that Joel Embiid was even a part of this game, let alone this series, because there were question marks if he would even be able to return for this particular series. So I was very, very surprised to see that. Um, 17, 4, and 10 from Ben Simmons shot 100% from the field at 7 and 7. Um, but he did go 30% from the field, uh, excuse me, from free throw, from the free throw line. So that's something that Ben Simmons has to work on if the Philadelphia Sixers want to be successful. In this playoff, in this playoff series, in this in this playoffs going forward, because if they want to have any shot at making an NBA championship, Ben Simmons has to be he has to be better at from the free throw line. He does. I mean, because at this point he's a fucking liability. He's a liability when he steps on the free throw line. I've never seen an NBA player when they get fouled or whatever walk so slow. Or walk any slower than Ben Simmons does. I mean, his confidence is just shot as hell from the from the, from the free throw line. It is, and if they want if they want to have a shot at winning, not only the in, the Eastern Conference but winning the NBA Finals, Ben Simmons has to be better from the free throw line. Um, twenty one points from Seth Curry. Tobias Harris ended with a double double with twenty ten and three. On 8 of 13 shooting, only shot 1 of 4 from 3. So he has to tighten that up just a little bit because, you know, he is one of their elite scorers. Four points from Danny Green, just a piss poor performance. I mean, 2 of 7 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. So, yeah, 
Honestly, early in this game, Atlanta was on Philly's ass, bro. Like, I was texting my boy, and I told him, I was like, yo, listen, <laughs> he a Philly fan. I told that nigga, I said, yo, listen, this shit might be raps, bro. Like, you got Joel playing the way he was playing throughout the whole game. I think he, and I think he had, like, 26, 28 points, something like that, early in the third quarter. You had Joel playing that way, and they were still down 20 points. And I said, bro, this shit might be rap for y'all, bro. Like, it might be Hawks and four. No cap. But then it seemed as though something just clicked for Philadelphia in the fourth quarter, and they just went on one of the craziest runs that we've ever seen, honestly. And for a fact, one of the craziest runs we've seen in this playoffs. No, no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So they were in, able to cut that lead down and ultimately end the game with only a four-point loss. But a loss nonetheless. A loss nonetheless. Um, I will give the Philadelphia 76ers credit in saying they did make the adjustments on Trey Young and they contained him for the fourth quarter. They did. They started playing more physical with him, sending a lot more bodies. And that's, like I said, this is what New York failed to do against Trey Young. The physicality factor. With these small guys, you have to get physical with them on the defensive side of the basketball. You have to get physical with these guys. You have to. That's the only way it works because, there's, I mean, you, you can only guard him so hard because his handle is so sharp. He can shoot from so deep. He can get to the basket when he wants to, et cetera, et cetera. You have to put your hands on these type guys, man. You have to. And that's what the Philadelphia 76ers did in the fourth quarter of this basketball game. So I, I do foresee the Philadelphia 76ers coming out in game two. I believe that game is happening Tuesday night, either Tuesday or Wednesday. Let me see. Give you all a definite answer there. Um, nonetheless, whenever, whenever game two does occur, and that game is tomorrow at 7.30 on TNT, game two of Atlanta and Philly, um, I do foresee them coming out off rip and playing extremely physical with Trey Young. Because again, he did light their ass up in game one. 35-2-10. He lit their ass up. He did. But when they made that adjustment defensively, you know, it wasn't much that he could do. And ultimately, he, uh, you know, his ability to make the plays that he is used to making ultimately almost cost the Atlanta Hawks this basketball game. But they were able to hang on. Like I said, they were able to hang on and still home court advantage from Philadelphia. So this series is going to be another interesting one because I don't think that Joel, with his injury, with what he's dealing with, I don't believe that he's going to be able to put up 40 points a night. You know, I don't believe that Ben Simmons will shoot 100% from the field again. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I don't I don't know what Trey Young is going to do either. Because like I said, once they made the once they made, you know, the adjustments that they did defensively, his performance went from outstanding to pedestrian in the span of 6 6 game minutes. I mean, very very quick. It just like I said, it seemed like something just clicked for the Philadelphia 76ers and they were able to make the adjustment. So this is going to be another interesting series. We're going to we have a lot of good playoff basketball in store for us within the next 2 to 3 weeks with the, with this second round right here. We do. I mean, it's going to be very very fun to watch, very interesting to see. Um I'll give y'all my prediction for that when I have the Hawks in, I have the Hawks in 6. Again, if you follow the Instagram page, you know that I'm not... All of these predictions, are they're not based on anything that I saw prior to... Or excuse me, after three days ago. I made my predictions three days ago on the Instagram. Again, the Instagram account is at goodies and two shoes. The letter in the number two, goodies and two shoes. Follow us there. Um, I didn't... Like I said, I made my prediction three, three days ago. And that was before any game one started. 
You know, once there was a couple of matchups, there were three matchups, I believe, three or, yeah, there were three matchups already um, determined. I mean, we were just waiting on the Clippers and Mavs to end that series Sunday, yesterday. Um, So, yeah, I have Atlanta in six. And again, that didn't come from, that didn't come from, you know, Atlanta still at home court away last night. It came from, that's just what I believe. Because, like I said, I was under the belief that Joel Embiid was not going to compete in this series. And really, if if I, you know, if I thought about it some more, then I would have said Hawks in five. But now it's like, okay, Atlanta in six. That's my prediction. That's my official prediction. And if Atlanta does win this series, which I do believe they will, it'll go either six or seven games. It will. You know, they're not they're not sweeping Philly. They're not beating Philly in five. They're not doing that shit. Uh, should they win, it'll be in six or seven games. And I think the same is, I think the same is, um, the same is true for Philly. If they win this series, it'll be in six or seven games. I don't think that they're coming back and winning the next five against Atlanta. I think this Atlanta team is way too hungry for that to be for that to occur. Um, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, it's a lot of. A lot of playoff basketball, a lot of great basketball left to be played in this NBA season. Um, this is going to be another great round. Like, what a start to, what a start to the NBA playoffs for round one, man. I mean, big shout out to all the young guys, bro. All of the young guys that stepped up. The teams that you know have showed themselves to be a real threat at this year's NBA championship. A real contender, I might say. So, yeah, this is going to be, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this goes. Um, Again, I be trying to tell y'all this shit, bro. I need y'all to start listening to me, for real, because I really know what the fuck I be talking about. I really do, bro. (laughs) Like, no cap. And, like I said, I need to see... I need to see a little bit more from Milwaukee and Brooklyn Because listen to me If I don't And Phoenix is making me feel the way they've been making me feel Shit I might got a fucking prediction for y'all within the next week or two For my NBA champion No cap No cap And the leader of that team is Chris Paul I ain't gonna make it right now Because it's a little too early it's a little too early But if I don't see more from Brooklyn and Milwaukee And I don't get more clarity on the James Harden injury I got something for y'all Again, thank y'all for listening Another episode of Good Talk G2S Entertainment G2S Entertainment Productions G2S Lifestyle Goodies and Two Shoes Appreciate y'all tuning in Episode 9 NBA Playoff Weekend Review Week 3 I said Follow us on all socials And yeah Appreciate y'all rocking out for us Rocking out with us Rocking for us You know Being in the field for us Putting your friends Friends on Etc etc All of that good shit So yeah bro Again, thank y'all for tuning in, and we'll we'll check back in with y'all Thursday. G2S the lifestyle, G2S the movement, G2S the motherfucking wave. You know the vibrations. Y'all walk out to that Luther, man. I called you up but you weren't there and I was broken hearted Hung up the phone, can't be too late, the boss is so demanding Open the door, open to my surprise that you were standing